Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the No Snob Wine Podcast. In this episode, we offer advice for short and long-term storage of wine. Be sure to follow our tips to get the most out of that special bottle. Also, we're doing something a little different this episode. Chuck and I review the same bottle of wine, an organic, vegan, white blend from Italy, which I promise you won't want to miss. If you remember in episode six, we talked about what's the best way to store your leftover wine. Today, we're talking about storing and aging unopened wines. What would you say is are some of the worst places you've seen people store their wines? For instance, I was at a friend's house and he's got a little wine rack. Very nice, but he keeps it in his kitchen near the stove. What do you think? Yeah, that's that's definitely problematic. So the ideal to store a wine for a long term, storing a wine long term, ideal is... 55 degrees Fahrenheit, about 55% humidity, and little to no vibration. Now, that's that's ideal. So anywhere where the temperature can fluctuate, like near a stove or almost anywhere in the kitchen, really, we don't recommend at all. Right. So why the humidity? I get the temperature because you don't want to cook the wine or like get it way too cold. Although cold's a little less problematic, but you definitely don't want to overheat it. Why the humidity? Yeah. A good point on the cold. Like my few wines that I have for long-term keeping for a special occasion uh, are in a wine fridge. Uh, cold's okay. Cold just slows down the aging process. But the humidity is actually has more to do with the cork than anything else. It's just keeping it a nice, supple, happy cork. Right. So you don't get any leakage of oxygen mm-hmm. ingress or egress from the bottle. Let's yeah. Say. So, and it brings up a really great point is when you store wine, you put it on its side, especially if there's a cork in the bottle. And the reason for that is so the wine is in contact with the cork and keeping the cork moist. If the cork dries out, it creates space for air to come, too much air to come into the bottle. So I've also seen a friend's house where they have a wine rack and it's near a window where I'm thinking not just sunlight, but also near a window is also near a heat register as well. So that could also dry out the corks because you're getting the hot air from the heat register and the sunlight that's we know that's just bad overall for even beer it'll mess up your drinks right 
Yeah, and I probably should have added that to the list of ideal scenarios is dark. Uh, dark dark yeah. is better. That's one of the reasons you see especially red wine comes in green or really dark glass bottles is to keep that light out because natural light, like sunlight, like you're describing, is really hard on the wine as well. So yeah, dark, cool, on its side, ideally not being moved very often. So on your casual wine shopping days, out of 10 bottles, how many of them are worthy of long-term storage or would benefit from aging? The honest answer on my casual wine shopping days is zero. Yeah. Yeah. So at nosnobwine.com, we're featuring wines that are under $20. They're not, for the most part, going to really benefit from aging. Something like the last I read was 97% of wines produced in the entire world are for immediate consumption. So really, there's two topics that we're kind of covering today is storing and aging. Because you can buy any bottle of wine, even if you spend a little more, maybe you just want to store it for six months or a year because it's for a special occasion, but maybe it's just not going to get any better. But then there's wines that you buy that are meant to be aged, that are going to get better and better and better as they get older. And that's sort of a different headspace than what we're talking about today. If you buy something that you just want to, maybe let's say it's a limited edition or there's just a few at your 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 local wine store. Okay. And hopefully it's a red in this case. Whites can age. That's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that maybe later. You can put them down, I would say for up to a year in a dark, cool, you know, ideally vibration-free place. And uh, they're not going to get like appreciably better, but they're not going to get worse. So you can probably enjoy it. But I would say sort of past the 12-month mark, if you're not spending, you know, and I hate to I hate to break it to everybody, but if you're not spending big money, I wouldn't really bother aging. <laughs> it's not going to do anything. Yeah, almost everything is, is ready to drink. And like you said, if you drink a great wine, say in the middle of the year, and you're like, oh, that would be really nice at Christmas, mm. keep it in a nice place in your basement on right. the side mm-hmm. cool place it'll be fine for christmas right. but saving it for you know when your kid graduates college <laughs> it is pro- you're probably making vinegar yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly the wines just aren't built to be aged uh wines that are meant to be aged for long periods of time they're very tannic uh, you know, they're bottled what's considered young uh, because they're going to spend time in the bottle because of the way the tannins are going to change. And th- there's a whole list of chemical th- things that happen. Uh, they just, they mellow and they get smoother and they get, they really, they get better. But even those $100, $200 bottles of wine, wines can, you know, range from 30 to hundreds of dollars per bottle. Uh, they can overage. There are limits to this as well. So if you had a nice, you know, let's say uh, Amarone from Italy, which is going to be about 50 bucks a bottle. Yeah, you could put it down for two, three years, maybe five. Anything past that, probably actually going to ruin the wine. Yeah. I actually have uh, a story about that where one of my cousins was gifted a very nice Barolo. It was an expensive Italian bottle. It was like 120 bucks, something in, in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. And he's just waiting for you know a, a Christmas where he's got some people over who would appreciate the wine, myself. And uh, we opened it and we each took a sip and right away we're like, oh no, it, we waited too long. Yeah. And it, it went over the hill and yeah, halfway to vinegar by the time we got around to drinking it. And unfortunately, you know, it went down the sink. Yeah. Just because we waited too long. Can you describe... You knew as soon as you tasted it, right? You didn't even have to taste it. You could just smell it. 
Yeah. Like you pour it in the glass before it hits your lips. You're like, oh, oh. It has a scent. Almost balsamic-y in a way. It, but it doesn't smell like, yeah, it didn't smell like wine that you're expecting. Yeah, it wasn't like a fresh grape wine, right. kind of like blackberry, cherry, or anything like that. It, it, it was something else. It kind of smelled like one note, right? And it, it just, it didn't, not even pleasant, just sort of. It, it wasn't pleasant. It was almost like if you stored it on your counter way too long <laughs> open, like like we've tried in that experiment. Yes, it yes. was in that ballpark. So, I mean, we we shed a small tear, we poured it down the drain, we rinsed out our glasses, and we opened up, uh, you know, a $15 bottle, and it was lovely. (laughs) Exactly. I think, you know, a story I can share similarly is I do collect wine of various price points. But when I first got into wine, uh, it maybe it's my age, too. Uh, it was quantity over quality. And uh, I poured a lot of balls of wine down the sink that just weren't meant to stay in the wine fridge that long. And now I'm really, I'm really picky about what gets stored. And I mean, the upside is you drink more wine now. No delayed gratification. Yeah, and you don't have to keep track of all those <laughs> bottles either. That you're like, oh, I should probably drink this one in five years from now, this one in three years from now. So we we're saying that not a, most wines are not for long-term storage, but what is long-term in your opinion? Like months, years, decades? As I think about it, it's really anything over about a year. Is long-term storage for you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I consume all my wines typically within a year that I buy. Yeah. For sure. That sounds about average. Or even less, actually, probably like within six months of buying, more likely. Yeah. That's probably most people's experiences, I'm guessing. Um, I th- When I talk to friends and family, I mean, they go to the wine store maybe a couple times a month. So you got to think, what, you're getting two, three bottles of wine. Yeah, you're not you're not stocking shells with it at home. Yeah, it depends, I guess, if you have a wine rack and you sort of make that a feature of your house. Like mm. in, in my basement where I have the wine rack, it has a nice little corner for the rack. So it looks nice when there's when it's at least half full, which means 20 bottles. <laughs> right. So I like to keep at least that many or else the wine rack looks kind of pathetic. <laughs> like... <laughs> With like, it's a 40 rack and there's like five bottles in it. It looks not so hot. Yeah, a a wine rack with only a couple balls in it is pretty sad. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't look so hot. So (laughs) I like to keep a minimum of like eh, 20-ish. And yeah, I usually drink them all definitely within the year but uh, sooner most of them yeah. yeah you know when we're talking about storing you know under a year a couple of months couple of weeks it almost doesn't matter where the wine is i see a lot of wine racks in people's kitchens uh you see some fancier kitchens like sort of built-in wine cubbies and stuff yeah if it's going to be there for a week or two or three maybe even a couple of months eh, it's going to be fine especially if it's a skirt top it's 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 all right but i think you bring up sort of the a, a great point though if you don't have a wine fridge you don't have a cellar you don't have a cold cellar which is another great place to store wine if you happen to have one of those you know cement wine cellars sorry Mm -hmm. cement cold cellars where do you where where is what is the proper what's the ideal setup for that and i think what you've got going you said you have a a rack so you can put them on their side and you've got in your Mm -hmm. basement right yeah yeah that's ideal. It's good. And um, most, a lot of people, you know, may not have a basement. So the best advice may be a closet. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, a not one of those closets that you don't go into very often. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is ideal. Just don't put it like right beside your stove. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> even if you're gonna even if you're gonna drink it pretty soon true and another place i've seen that is problematic for temperature is on top of the fridge right because the there's top a lot of the fridge gets warm very warm yeah don't put your wine up there not ideal because you no know, we talked about cool we talked about vibration we talked about light but warming that wine up like repeatedly is is actually a pretty bad thing i'd rather take light and vibration over heat because heat's heat's one of its worst enemies and in, in short-term storage yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Long-term storage, like if you really want to get fancy, I mean, there's places you can go and pay to store your wine that are climate controlled and temperature, you know, they, they go crazy. Um, I, my collection's not worth uh, that investment. Yeah, but That's like strictly investment. Yeah. Buying like Bordeaux and, and whatnot. Yeah, no, if you do that, uh, it's editor at nosnob.com. That's my email. I'm happy to help with that. <laughs> taste test taste test yeah chuck and i are free to consult on those uh situations no problem <laughs> so you're saying you don't really age white but are there any whites in the world that are worthy of aging <clears throat> when you say we don't really age whites i can hear the emails being written <laughs> yes you can age whites and there are whites that are worth aging a uh, great example of that is uh Sancerre. that's from france it's a sweeter wine uh if you look at it in the bottle it's a much darker white wine it's like almost orange uh it's so dark uh and when you see a wine with a lot of pigment like that, uh, there's a, it's a, for lack of a better term, a heavier wine, and it's going to age a little bit better than a very light wine that's just not meant uh, for the long haul. If you buy or your gift, okay, so what's more likely in your scenario? You buy something for long term or you're gifted something for long term? Probably I get gifted something for long term. And then do you, Keep it with your wine rack, with your, we'll call them daily drinkers, for lack of a better term. Where would you put that bottle? Yep, it's on the bottom shelf of my wine rack. Okay. But you said, yeah. and that's in your basement, like we just talked about. So it's a little cooler, yep. a little bit darker. So there's no direct sun on it. No. No. So just some overhead lights, but nothing blasting right on the bottles right. by any means. Yeah. Which is perfect, which again is perfect. That's fine. And then how long would you hang on to something? I know it depends on the wine, but for you... Yeah, it depends on the wine, but I'll probably open it, you know, the next Christmas or Easter or something that comes up on an occasion where I could share it with someone who could appreciate it with me. That'll, that'd be my ideal time to open it. I think we should do an entire episode on when to open that special bottle. Uh, but that, you know, deciding when to open that, for me, that's the, the... If there's anything stressful about wine, for me, that's the stressful thing is when you open that nice bottle you've been hanging yeah. on to. And so when you do pull that bottle out of long-term storage, our long-term storage, anything special you have to do with it when you do decide to open it? Any ritual that we need, need to know? It's not going to be a screw cap, so it's not going to be that easy. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's that is a, a superior question because you can kind of mess it up. So uh, a couple of few years ago, a colleague of mine was getting married, and apparently there's a tradition I'd never heard of where you take a bottle of wine that's meant for aging and you put it down for. I don't know, whatever would be about your 10 year anniversary. So, you know, 
Usually wine sold is about two years old in the bottle. So, you know, plus eight years will be your 10 year anniversary. And uh, I gave them a gift for their wedding of this particular bottle. And they had this uh, nice little uh, wood chest that they were going to put it in their basement and sort of in a dark, uh, cool corner. And the 10 year anniversary really open it. But in the card that was in the chest, I actually wrote instructions of what to do with that bottle when it was time to open it. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, because I don't know if maybe they know. I don't I, I didn't know, but yeah, if you just grab that bottle and just open it, uh it's probably going to be okay, but it mm, there's a there is a good way to do it. So, to answer your question, 24 hours before you want to have the bottle, bring it into uh like the kitchen or wherever uh and bring it up to room temperature is one set it on its bottom so it's probably been resting on its side when you take the bottle out of the storage do not like handle it too roughly so if it's been on its let's say it's been on its side with the label facing up this whole time take the bottle try not to uh shake it or mess with it too much bring it to a room bring it up to room temperature 24 hours before you're going to enjoy it put it on its base Okay, so it's going in on its side. Now you're going to put it on its base so it's standing upright for 24 hours. The reason we're going to do that is there's probably sediment in it, right? Because when you age wine, some of the solids, the particulate falls out of the wine and collects in the bottle. We want all that to be at the bottom of the bottle. It's really key. So it's going to slide down the side of the bottle to the bottom. Exactly. Yeah. So you're going to bring the bottle up to room temperature because ideally it was somewhere a little cooler and you're going to let all the junk fall to the bottom, all the sediment to the bottom of the bottle. Now, if you listen to episode eight about decanting, we said there's two reasons to decant. One, young wine that you want to make taste better. Two, old wine, you're not going to make it taste better. You're going to pour off the wine and leave that crap in the bottle behind. This is the time to break out the decanter. So you want to open the bottle. Again, do not, if you can avoid it, shake it, you know, don't turn on its side. This isn't the time to pass the ball around to all your friends to look at it. We, we need it. We need it to be pretty still. Get your decanter, open your bottle, uh, and then slowly pour the wine into the decanter. And if you watch, you'll see in the heel of the bottle as you're pouring, you'll see the solids and you'd want to just slowly pour uh, right before that stuff comes out. And so you're going to be left with in the bottom of your wine. Again, this we've aged this wine. This isn't like one year storage. This is, you know, multi-year aging. You're going to be left with about, about an inch of wine at the bottom of the bottle. It's going to have a lot of crud in it. That's just going to get left behind. No one's drinking it. Unfortunately, you can drink it. It's not going to hurt you. It's a mouthful of grit. <laughs> yeah, not worth it. No, it's it's really unpleasant, but it's it's safe. It's perfectly safe. Like it, it's it, that's fine. And then, uh, you know, I would enjoy. Uh, I think you can enjoy it right away. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some people say like if you've long term store your wine, your aging wine, like it's old, so let it breathe for an hour, you know, let it open up, let it, you know, chill out. Uh sure. Uh it's that can be very effective. But what I find with the older wines is much more than 40, 60 minutes, uh, you actually are now working against yourself. So it starts uh breaking down. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said earlier, if people are, let's say they've, okay, so (laughs) 
to, to the point you made earlier, it was, was really good. Like, let's say you were given a bottle. It seemed nice, but you weren't sure. And you kind of put it in the cupboard and it's been maybe a year and a bit. And you go, you're like, oh, yeah, hey, you know, we have this nice bottle of wine that Aunt Agnes gave us for Christmas. Why don't we have it? You'll know as soon as you open it to what Chuck said. It's just it's not even going to it doesn't smell right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it will it won't. It won't smell fruity. It will, it will smell kind of flat. And if you taste it, I don't know. I, how would you just? How would you describe wine that's fallen apart to taste it? it? It to me, it leans on the the vinegary side of things. Like maybe it's too acidic. There's not a lot of flavors to it, and the smell right away is a giveaway right away for me. Yeah, yeah, for me, it's it's, it's tough to describe, but yeah, even the smell's a little vinegary. I'd say old. Yeah. yeah, for me, it's the smell right away. It doesn't. It doesn't smell like. It's nothing nice. The color can be a giveaway too, as a third note. It it looked the ones I've noticed were a little brickish, where it turned yeah. red like a red clay sort of when you tilt the glass yeah. over a white piece of paper. Yeah, like a burgundy color almost. Yeah, the 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 vibrant red or purple's gone. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's almost a dead giveaway. There's some reds that age and turn kind of burgundy ish, but those are aging mostly French reds. You would you'd know <laughs> you can't you couldn't make that mistake yeah <laughs> yeah because as wine ages the color does change can 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 change significantly and it actually becomes less bright and intense in color but what you're describing what we're talking about here yeah is uh just a nasty burgundy kind of off smelling weird tasting you'll you'll over know the hill yeah, yeah you'll know right away So in summary, the wines that we're buying these days, you're going to drink them right away. You're going to store them in a cool, dark place, probably in your basement if you can, or in a closet on their side. If you do get gifted an expensive bottle, likely you want to drink it within a year or two. Don't hold it too long because uh, there's a chance that no one may get to drink it. The sink is going to drink it for you most likely. Good advice. So unlike our typical episodes, uh, today Chuck and I are reviewing the same bottle of wine. Uh, We've had it in the last couple of nights, and we're going to talk about it instead of two different reviews. Uh, Chuck, why don't you tell everybody uh, about this bottle of wine? So this one is called Fresco di Masi Bianco Organic Vegan. It's $18.95. And uh, you've reviewed its sister wine, which is Fresco di Masi Rosso. Uh, and you noted as well that they had reduced the weight of the glass. Yeah, so it makes it a little more sustainable. Right. Improves the carbon footprint for shipping. Yep, a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is the white version of that wine that you'd previously reviewed. So if you go to nosnobwine.com, you'll see the Fresco de Masi Rosso. Chuck had given it four out of five. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, this is the white version of, uh, I was going to say the same wine. It's obviously not the same, but this is their organic vegan uh, offering. I'm in love. I fell in love. I had this. I texted Chuck, <laughs> right? I texted you and i said you've got to try this wine is it harder to make an organic and vegan wine though before we even get into this tasting i I don't think so i mean organic farming is a little more tricky because you don't get to use pesticides and things like that but i mean there's ways to do that but yeah yeah your yields may be a little bit down it's a little bit but you know nothing to nothing you can't handle yeah (laughs) yeah for all the grape growing we do yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) Just stop using all pesticides, everybody. (laughs) 
yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's probably, it's a little trickier to make, a little trickier to grow, but yeah, uh, I got a lot of like pineapple, apple, um, kind of a golden pear thing. I thought it was super balanced. Like I thought there was just the, the tartness and the sweetness and everything was just well done. Uh, and then there was a little bit of a grassy kind of green note to it, which just sort of rounded the whole thing out. Uh, Chuck did get you did get a bottle. Uh, what did what did you make of it? I definitely got the pineapple that you were saying. I got a little more of a of a sweetness from I was thinking maybe on the papaya end of things mm. and the acidity. I I always thought pomelo when I drank it. A pomelo is like it's a citrus fruit that's a cross between sort of a white grapefruit, an orange and a lemon. If you combine all those, you get pomelo. And this did have that like bright citrus acidity to it, which I really like. It was balanced and balance is something I always look for in a wine that we review well. Mm-hmm. It's so important from like the the initial sip, the acidity, the finish. One, if it's harmonious, we call it balanced. Yeah, that's a great point because I think in a lot of our reviews that are under four stars, maybe even three or lower. Which again, listener, three stars on the website is good wine. <laughs> we can't say very that drinkable out. wine, very good wine. Oh, yeah. uh, but you'll notice sort of us complain about being a bit sour, a bit too tart or a bit like something's just not in balance. One one thing sticks out yeah. more than the others, mm-hmm. basically, or it's like too oaky or there it's just juicy and there's no oak or there's no tannin to there's no backbone. Yeah, that's a, a low tannin wine. You could say there's no backbone to it. Right. I may be a little over-enthusiastic here. Uh, This is my summer 2022 sipper. I love it. I gave it five out of five stars. Uh, I've already gone through a few bottles, excuse me, in the past few weeks. (laughs) You said a few bottles in the past few weeks? But, you know, who's counting? I don't know. Uh, Where we live, it is actually on sale uh, at the moment. It's $3 off. So I uh, stocked up uh, last week. I got two myself. You got two. So, okay. We uh, we definitely like it. I, uh, I'll i be drinking this all summer. I think it's amazing. I give it five out of five stars. Chuck, what's your verdict? I agree. It's a five out of five star. Oh. Very nice. Okay. Double five stars. So that's Fresco de Masi Bianco Organic Vegan White Blend from Italy. $18.95. Chuck and Sean, five out of five stars. Yeah, I only have a regular coffee in the morning and then decaf the rest of the day. Yeah, that's good. That was suggested to me to cut that out. I was like, I haven't drank non-decaf for like five years. That's not it. But thanks for the advice. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. You want to feel better? Take out the alcohol and the coffee. You know, it might just fucking kill me. (laughs) Yeah. Go go straight edge. Do you want to say what grapes are in it? I don't know how to pronounce the first one. <laughs> <laughs> You're the Italian. <laughs> Let me see. What was it? I know it's it's Pinot Grigio, Chardonnay, yeah, and something with a G. If I fuck up Italian pronunciations, that's uh, that's not good. It's worse if I fuck them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get a call from somebody. G A N E G A. Lots of G's. Gargamel? I don't know. Maybe. Sounds okay. Gargamel? (laughs) Is that the bad guy on Smurfs? It is. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that too. 
always something. I, 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 give me, I can complain about anything. Me too. <laughs> We're both veteran complainers. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts as it helps other people find us. Yeah. Tell your friends about the podcast. We know they drink wine too. <laughs> for more information on any of the wines we discussed, go to nosnobwine.com or check the show notes for links. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.